This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Donna Chavis. Thank you, Sid. I'm Donna Chavis. Welcome to Messianic Vision. Thanks for joining us today. We've seen, and I'm sure you know, that people are desperate to experience God, and not just like at church or a special event, but on a continuous daily basis. And you may even be asking yourself, is that even possible? Well, our guest today says, yes, indeed, it is possible. She's made it her life's goal to walk in not just a one-time experience, but a lifestyle of divine encounters. And, and you know what's so exciting? Not just for herself, but to mentor others to do the same. She and her husband are pastors at Catch the Fire Toronto, and she is quickly becoming a sought-after prophetic voice, both nationally and internationally. So with us for the very first time is Patricia Bootsma. Patricia, welcome. Thank you, Donna, and hello to everyone listening. (laughs) Well, we are so glad that you took time out today to talk to us. Uh, Let me ask you this first, Patricia. Why did you write A Lifestyle of Divine Encounters? You know, I've always had a passion to walk out the fullness of my God-given calling, and I've really had a passion to see everyone walk out the fullness of their God-given calling. And so I see this book as being one that helps us to walk in the fullness of what God has for me. You know, one of the things that I was mentioning in the book is that John Wesley quote, which just gripped my heart years ago, <laughs> when he said, just catch on fire and others will come to watch you burn. Right. And, you know, I think it's really about us, first of all, being revived on fire, you know, being ablaze for the Lord, and then we can help set the world ablaze, right? We have to be the light, and then we can shine. And so it's really a practical tool about how can we really walk in the fullness of our calling, and how can we shine in this world? Mm -hmm. And that's a question that so many people are asking. They're desperate to know, where is my place? What is my calling? Where can I shine? Just like you said. You know, um, this is is so interesting to me because you you haven't been with us before, so our audience is not familiar with you. I wanted to really kind of circle back around at the beginning, when you became a Christian, you were uh, very young, what, 12 years old or something? Yeah. Yeah. 12 years old. <laughs> okay. And and tell us about that and then uh, uh, your experience of uh, being born again and also filled with the Spirit. Well, yeah, I was raised in a Christian home, but it was more of a um, bit more of a traditional church. Mm-hmm. I actually had this the first real um you know, prophetic experience at age eight. And I just remember receiving this prophecy from these people who just prophesied about what I'm doing right now, to be honest. They said, yes. tell people about Jesus, you know, lead people to Jesus, you're going to travel the world. And my heart was burning, and I remember just like something, my heart was coming out of my chest, <laughs> and I was just thinking, wow, I've never heard, I had never heard a prophetic word before. And so even then, I wasn't born again, but I had this gripping, like, desire to fulfill God's calling in my life. And even those people, by the way, we just don't know, you know, if they were actually people or not. Because when I asked my mom, who are those people telling me all about my life? And she said, I never saw anybody. No, really? Hallucinating. (laughs) It was like, uh, I later read about 
angels that can come in human form, you know, in Hebrews 13. So it, it could be, but I can't prove that. But, uh, but when I was um, started a Christian school in grade 7, and that's when my teacher said, you must be born again. And that's when I really first heard the term about being born again. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, cried out to the Lord for uh, just night after night. I was just, I want to be born again. <laughs> I want to know what that means. And so I just knew after the process of, of time, after I would just been crying out to the Lord, I just had this peace that settled in my heart that I knew that I knew that I knew that I was born again. And I was a child of God. And that, that was my conversion experience at, um, at age 12. And then it's been this journey all along. I, I think I shared with you that I had um, was so seeking the supernatural. I read in the Bible about prophecy, and I would have some encounters myself. And I'm like, but I don't see this in my church, and I don't want to, you know, minimize where I grew up. Right. Glad for the Word and the foundation of the Word. I'm really glad for that. But I was seeking out more. And in that seeking, uh, it's, it's a long story, but I actually got excommunicated from my family church. <laughs> they, were like, why? they were wondering why I was always going for miracles and, and prophecy and things like this and, uh, and, and, and just seeking it out. But uh, I look back and I say, you know, that was, that was a very good decision to just keep pressing in for the more. Yes. And, uh, that I, yeah. Yes. It was all worth it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, of course, the more you were seeking and you started learning about the Holy Spirit, that was also something that you were you were seeking there, that power as well. Absolutely. So that was, uh, when I was 17, I wanted, I received prayer for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And honestly, I can say that nothing happened. And I, I just want to say this maybe for listeners out there who have had similar, they're thinking, oh, no, you know, I didn't feel anything. And, mm-hmm. uh, and many times we, we need to take it by faith. But it was it was two years later when I was 19 years old, and I was home uh, from university uh, back on the family farm. So I was raised in the farm here in Canada, and I had these unusual experiences every night at 2 a.m. in the middle of the night, where I literally saw demonic uh, figures, like one guy with this hooded, uh, black caped figure person would be in my room, and I was petrified, and I was just like, yes, and a candle would fly across the uh, room, A something would fall off my wall, posters that I had on my wall would fall off, and I literally would hear these voices, and I'm thinking, what is happening? Like, I did recognize by this time that this was uh, some sort of demonic um, experience right. going on, but I recognized I had no power. Like, I didn't have the faith, I didn't have the power. And by this time, I am, okay, I really need this baptism of the Holy Spirit. I see it in the Bible, heard about it. I need this. I need some authority here. And yes. so finally, after three weeks of this and really literally hardly getting any sleep, I went to a pastor. Now, this pastor was connected with Kenneth Copeland's ministry, and I, I knew that he was filled with the Spirit. So I just said, please pray for me. I desperately need this. I desperately want and then suddenly, I don't care anymore if I seem strange by speaking in tongues. I just want everything. <laughs> and so he prayed for me. I felt a fire from the top of my head to my toes. I drove home, and that's when the gift of tongues was released in the car. And I went to my bedroom and said, in the name of Jesus, all of this, all of you tormenting spirits, go now in Jesus' name. And that was the first night that I slept in three weeks, and I saw the firsthand, the power of the Holy Spirit uh, over demonic beings. 
Yes, yes. Well, I am so grateful that you did and that you have gone on and you have learned and you have ministered that to so many other people. So I appreciate that. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people ask about that or wonder about that, the the power of the Holy Spirit and the speaking in tongues. And uh, But there's actually, I know we can't don't have a lot of time to go into it, but just maybe touch on it. There's actually a science behind speaking in tongues. Is that correct? Absolutely. I just did some research about this, uh, the gift of tongues. There's a Dr. Carl Peterson out of Oral Roberts University who did a study of the two chemical secretions in the brain that are only secreted when people speak in tongues or glossolalia, it's called, Mm -hmm. actually boosts our immune system 35 to 40%. I think that's incredible. You know, actually makes us healthier. And as we know from the Word of God, that speaking in tongues also, you know, edifies our spirit. Sure. There's some other studies, like the New York Times published uh, findings of two studies. One of them was about the University of Pennsylvania. They had done some scans on the frontal lobes of the brains of five women who were speaking in tongues. And normally the frontal lobe of your brain is going to be active during communication. Like right now, I'm talking to you. It'll be active. But as they were speaking in tongues, the frontal lobe was not active. And what they said was this proved what these women were claiming is that this isn't me talking this, I mean, to use my voice, but it's not words that I'm coming up with. Yes. So that was one. And then the last one I thought was interesting. It was done in the UK. 1,000 Christians were studied, and those who practice glossolalia or speaking in tongues were much more emotionally stable, much more joyful with Mm -hmm. life than those who did not. Well, I just want to throw something out here right now, just listening to you for the last 60 seconds talk about this, the power that's associated with the Holy Spirit, and then even science and the medical profession uh, recognizing this is amazing to me, uh, promotes health and healing, uh, emotionally stable for those that practice this or are more emotionally stable, so many things. So I would just uh, like to say to everyone listening, Um, join me in saying I declare that I'm going to start doing this more often (laughs) because I definitely want all these physical and emotional benefits, but I want that power too. I want that power. Mm -hmm. Donna, I think that's right on. It's just like when we have this gift, and if you haven't, we want to encourage your listeners, receive prayer just like I did. I became desperate, ask for prayer, but then use it. And I think that's what we also need to part of our daily life, whether we're driving your car, mm-hmm. walking, doing whatever we do, just begin to switch into tongues. And I have found it so edifying and absolutely do believe that that's uh, uh, medically, as I mentioned, medically proven to keep us healthier. Yes, yes. Uh, Patricia, do you think this might be a good time to just stop right here and pray? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Father, we thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. And we thank you that even your word says it's, it's, it's your Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. It's your good pleasure to pour out your gifts upon your children. And even now, Lord, all that are listening, whether it's those that are saying, hey, I need that. I need the gift of the filling of the Holy Spirit. I need to operate in the gifts of the Spirit like tongues and prophecy. Father, pour it out right where they are. Let it go through these airwaves now in the name of Jesus. Let there be a visitation of glory in every home, in every person listening right now. Lord, I ask for those that that have this gift and are, you know, maybe neglecting it, maybe not using it. Father, just put it back on the 
forefront to us for us to communicate with you through this beautiful language, this heavenly language, and to be filled with the Spirit day by day by day. Yes. We want more of you, God. So let your glory fall. In Jesus' name we pray. Yes. Lord. Yes. You know, Patricia, when I first saw the title of your book, it just ignited something within me because, you know, everybody wants something that that they can hang on to that's an ongoing experience. And when I saw the word lifestyle, you know, not a one-time thing, not a not something that you've had and that you you never expect to have again, but a lifestyle of divine encounters. And you know what, seriously, I think you are such an example of that more clearly than anyone that I've actually ever seen or talked to, um, you had some things happen with your children that are just examples of of living a lifestyle of divine encounters. Tell me about your daughter, the, the little one when she was three. Yeah. You know, so we have six children. We have one son and five daughters. And when our one daughter was three years old, I heard this crash from her bedroom. So mm-hmm. running into her bedroom and there. She's on the top bunk of the bunk bed, and she's got kind of the sheepish look in her face, and her dresser is toppled over. Now, what she explained to me, she was climbing her dresser to get something at the top. It began to topple, and then unseen hands came. She literally felt these hands underneath like her, her arms pick her up, put her through the air, and placed her on the top bunk. My goodness. Bed. It's completely protected, completely out of harm's way. Now, we certainly pray for protection. For of course. So, you know, I can see, <laughs> I'm convinced beyond convinced that an angel picked her up at that moment. Um, we've had numerous things that we could say, you know, um, supernatural experiences. But I, I think what you were in the intro there, you were saying about how this is exactly for us to live day by day by day, this communion with God, yes. supernatural. And then it comes out at dramatic times. But I think for many People think, oh, well, that's only for a select few, or that's only for the prophets. And, and I would just like to say, no, this is for moms. <laughs> I'm a mom. <laughs> this, is, this is for us in the workplace as well. Well, we had um, our son, he had uh, a, a time where he just came running into my room with great fright because he saw it with his natural eyes. He saw a green snake in his room, and then he saw this white light come and consume the green snake. And so he was so afraid, so we just stayed in our room. We prayed for him. But it was a week later that we were uh, visiting my in-law's place, which there's a lot of snow in Canada. Right. There was a lot of snow there. Um, my father-in-law had been using a very large snowblower with a huge blade on it. Unfortunately, he, he, he just left it for a moment as he was getting something in the house. But my son Judah was there. His scarf got caught in the blade, pulled him in. And his face was just about to be, you know, totally mangled by these blades when it stopped at the last moment. That was a week after the green snake, the white light. And, you know, we were just putting it all together and feeling, wait a second. There was, you know, sometimes there's these plans of darkness. There's these, um, you know, I say it this way, heaven and hell are both looking for human agreement. You know, who are we going to? Yes. So I believe that in our prayers, you know, as, as we agree with God and we agree with God in our decisions as well, it's like, you know, God comes through. But what happened there, obviously, we feel like there was a connection, that there was a, an assignment. God spared him. We had uh, one of our other daughters. She was uh, 20 years old, about to head back to university when 
there was a tumor um, on her thyroid. Now, this was palpable. We could, we could actually feel it. Mm-hmm. Went to the doctor, went for an ultrasound. They gave us the dimensions, you know, three inches by one and a half inch, whatever it was. And so this, the naturopath, they were all saying, oh, this really looks like cancer. The surgeon had already told us, oh, she's probably, all of the thyroid is going to have to come out. And we were praying and thinking, hey, you know, we want to get heaven's perspective here because, okay, we, I love the medical profession. Exactly. A degree in nursing. Yes. But I want to see the higher truth above human truth. Of course. The Lord would just keep whispering, she's going to be fine. And I'm like, God, is that just me trying to hear, you know, what I want to hear? But I would just have this peace. And so we prayed. Uh, I lead the house of prayer here in Toronto. We fasted for 10 days uh, with the team, bless them. But I tell you, I went for the biopsy with my daughter, and she went to have the biopsy. I'm sitting in the waiting room. So it, was, it was taking a while. They come out, and I was told there was nothing to biopsy. It was completely gone. The, the Lord had totally healed it. So, we, you know, we've seen miracles. We've seen uh, them in our own family. And I would just say this, that uh, I remember the words of John Wimber. You know, if you, if you don't believe in healing, well, just first go pray for a 1,000 people and come back to me and tell me if God heals or not. And so I think that needs to start in our families. Yes. We reach for prayer. We reach for God before we reach for Tylenol or, you know, the medication and just say, hey, God, come and heal this fever. Come and heal this infection. And watch what God does because our faith builds yes. from all these things in our homes. Yes. You know what? I just had a, I don't know if it's a funny thought or not, but I I just had a thought while you were saying that. I wonder if God ever uh, sits and listens to us and and might say, at least give me a chance first, you know, at least. Absolutely. At least ask me first, you know. Yeah. When you hear the phrase, all we can do is pray. I'm thinking, what do you mean all we can do is pray? <laughs> Let's not leave that as the last resort. Let's put that as the first line of defense and offense. Exactly. I don't know if everybody heard that. The first line of defense and offense is our prayer yeah. to God in any situation. Wow, that is that is so awesome. Let me ask you uh, this, uh, uh, turning the conversation just a little bit toward a vision. Um, I know you've experienced healing in your own family, a lot of power through the Holy Spirit, but you told me about a vision um, that you had where you saw some of your, your ancestors that had actually gone on, that had already passed away, yeah. and you saw them in a vision. You know, this was very, this was very life-changing. Um, so Second Corinthians 12 talks about where, you know, Paul was saying, out of the body, in the body, I do not know. And, I, and I, I don't know either. All I do know this is that I was in body, certainly on earth, but all of a sudden I'm in the spirit, I'm seeing the heavenly realms. And I see all these people who I instantly know are my family tree, like my ancestors, and I'm thinking, oh, my, and there's my grandmother, and she had been dead for about 10 years. And all I was thinking is, like, uh, like I'm not dead yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is, this is really this is really something. And then it's, it's like I don't know how to describe how communication happens. It's just like you know what they're saying. But I just remember them saying to me, you know, you are Patricia, and we're cheering you on. Our race is over, and uh, you know our time is done. But you have the capacity to bring light into dark places. Tell them of this place, and tell them He is worth it all. Tell them Jesus is worth it all. And all I can say is I am completely undone. This was a life-altering encounter. Yes, 
where I, I came out of it, I'm weeping, and I'm just saying, God, with every day that I live, with every breath that I breathe, let it be lived for you, because you are worth it all. And I think really what we um, need to see is that there is an eternity, like there is, um, you know, I just think of the recent death of, of Billy Graham, mm-hmm. 99 years on planet Earth, lived so well. But even his 99 years, which is a lot in, in one sense, but it's really nothing compared to forever and ever and ever and ever in eternity. In other words, this little life that we get, let's live it for his glory because he's worth Amen. it. And we're going to be living forever with him in heavenly places. So every decision that we make for him, every choice that we make for righteousness and goodness and, and living for God. Wow, it, it's it's just bearing fruit in that realm. And so, yeah, that marked me to live for forever. Yes. Well, you know what? We're going to take a quick break. Uh, this is Messianic Vision, and we're talking today with Patricia Bootsma. So far, I'm sure you've enjoyed what she has to say, and we've got lots more. She has developed an amazing resource to help you access a consistent experience with the presence of God by combining three key elements— the power of prayer, power of the living word, and the prophetic. So Sid and I want to encourage you to order Patricia's brand new book and teaching series, A Lifestyle of Divine Encounters. If you're ready for a not just one-time experience, but a lifestyle of divine encounters, I want you to know that this is definitely for you. Well, today we're talking about a lifestyle of divine encounters, and when we come back, Patricia is going to share some of the keys that will activate divine encounters in your life. We'll be right back. Is it possible to experience God in a powerful way, not just in church or some special event, but on a continuous daily basis? Patricia Bootsma has made it her life goal to walk in a lifestyle of divine encounters, experiencing God's presence, favor, and victory every day. Now she wants to mentor you to do the same. This is to be a lifestyle. This is to be us burning for Jesus all during the week, every moment of the day. Even, what, what does the Bible say? It says, pray continuously. And so how can we get this dialogue going? How can I live for God even when I'm in the workplace? Call now and get Patricia Bootsma's brand new book and her anointed three-part audio CD teaching set, A Lifestyle of Divine Encounters. Plus, receive this special exclusive bonus, Patricia Bootsma's personal Prophetic Decrees for Divine Encounters card. This is an exclusive offer for our rich supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9540. Through effective prayer, prophecy, and application of the living Word of God, Patricia Bootsma shares in her brand new book that you can have a lifestyle of divine encounters that will cause you to experience every day the promises and blessings that God has for you. Through Patricia's brand new book, you will learn the benefits of living a prophetic lifestyle, release the power of prophecy into your life every day, understand the keys to discerning true versus false prophecy, discover secrets to operating in the revelatory realms of dreams, visions, and prophetic encounters. Learn how to activate the scriptures to access your breakthrough. Discover how to experience powerful supernatural results every day from operating in different realms of the Holy Spirit, including prayer, soaking in the presence of God, prophetic decrees, praying in tongues, confession, and petition. Through Patricia's exclusive three-part audio CD series, you will learn to hear God's voice clearly.
clearer than you ever have before. Understand how to teach your children or grandchildren how to hear God's voice for themselves. Understand the power of prayer and decreeing. Learn the power of speaking decrees over yourself that are the opposite of the problems you are experiencing. Discover the importance of speaking blessings and decrees over your children and grandchildren. Learn the various ways to receive revelation, including direct from the Word of God, God's still small voice, God's audible voice, visions or pictures, dreams, God's creation, words of knowledge, discernment, angels, and more. Each audio CD ends with Patricia Bootsma pronouncing a powerful prayer of impartation over you. Plus, receive this special exclusive bonus, Patricia Bootsma's personal prophetic decrees for divine encounters card. This card was created so you can take life-transforming prophetic decrees for divine encounters with you everywhere. Throughout your day, just pull out the card and begin decreeing and declaring these powerful words of God. Don't miss out on getting Patricia Bootsma's brand new book and her anointed three-part audio CD teaching set, A Lifestyle of Divine Encounters. Plus, receive this special exclusive bonus, Patricia Bootsma's personal prophetic decrees for divine encounters card. This is an exclusive offer for our It's Supernatural audience, yours, for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9540. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9540 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. Well, welcome back to Messianic Vision. I'm Donna Chavis, and I'm here with Patricia Bootsma. And as we left for break, I, I told you that Patricia's going to talk a little bit about some of the keys to a lifestyle of divine encounters. Uh, give us a couple and, uh, and tell us about those, Patricia. Yeah, keys to a lifestyle of divine encounters. You know, what I feel is like developing our prayer life is so important mm-hmm. and you know, just coming into God's presence, seeking His face day by day. Let me just share one experience. When I uh, when I turned 40, actually, <laughs> I was awakened very early in the morning, had all these visions about what was to come in my life, and I'm thinking, wow, you know, I really want this. Okay, God, like, how do I get there? How do I finish well? Maybe some of the listeners feel that, too. Like, how do I finish well and, and run this journey, this race with God, uh, to the best, uh, you know, of, of my ability and you know, letting God take control. Well, there was three things that came to me that night. Number one was keep your heart right. Now, that's kind of loaded, meaning, you know, instead of unforgiveness or bitterness or jealousy, all these things, you know, God wants to clean out our heart. We're to right. over our heart with all diligence. Second one was to keep seeking Him in humble dependence. Seek my face. That's what He was saying. And then the third one was about obedience. You just said, you know, everything I tell you to do, do it, and go and cross the Jordan into the promised land. So I want to back up to the, the seeking his face. Um, so when we're seeking to live a, a lifestyle of divine encounters, it really helps when we position ourselves <laughs> to receive encounters. Yes. And, and you know, it's not all about, well, the sovereignty of God. You know, he can find me, and he knows where I am. But it's like, God, I want to position myself into this place of hearing you, of, of pressing to hear your voice, of coming into you, the, your heart with prayer in this place of prayer. And um, I want to just share about this thing that the Lord taught me about prophetic decrees. Okay. Because uh, we have a prophecies, you know, or if you don't have a prophecy, then you can ask God, like, what is it that you have for my life? Mm-hmm. What is even in the Word of God for me? Like, what does the Word of God say about me for me? And so I'll just share this story quickly. When my husband was 
uh, called as a, as a pastor. We had so many prophecies, and I had so many prophecies of what God wanted to do with us. But the bread and butter was my husband was a bank manager. Now, he was pastoring everybody in the bank because it was <laughs> in his office, and this was just, that was his gifting. And yet, you know, that was, the money was that he was a bank manager. And so I would say, God, you know, what about all those prophecies? My husband's called as a pastor and that called to ministry. We know that you have this on our lives, but, you know, what's happening? And, and I just felt the Lord speak to me. He says, Patricia, what are you doing about your prophecies? And I'm thinking, well, I'm actually complaining. Yes. And he said, stop complaining about prophecies, but call them in. Declare in. Remind me of my words over you so that you can start to walk in them. And I'm thinking, wow, I didn't even know that was part of the equation, but I since see it in the Bible, as we see many times, like the Lord would speak to um, Timothy via Paul and say, wage war for the prophecies over your life in First Timothy one eighteen, or don't neglect what was imparted to you through the laying on of hands of the presbytery. So don't neglect it. You know, wage war for it. Proverbs eighteen twenty one. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Mm-hmm. Start to start to declare what the Lord is saying. So anyway, so I began to walk around that, our house and say, I call forth the pastor and my husband. I call forth this ministry anointing and. God, I'm just reminding you of what, what you said, you know, that you want to pour out these gifts to us. And it was six months later when we reconnected with John and Carol Arnott, who are the founding pastors here of the church in Toronto, uh, this move of the spirit that had come in Toronto in 1994. They were just up to their eyeballs in, in revival. You know, five million people came through our doors in the first few years. And so we joined the pastoral team in 1995 and and jumped on staff. And that's where all those prophecies about the pastoring and the ministry just began to launch. Yeah, so I I just I learned something. I learned really that in agreement with God's will and God's ways, that there's something that He's asking us to do. You know, how did God create the world? He spoke. And so sometimes when we just remind ourselves of what the Lord has spoken, you can make it pure scripture. It is no longer I who lives, it's Christ who lives in me, or I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus, or yes. I am loved by God. You know, these very things, and um, there's a, an important dynamic between the mind and the mouth. In Hebrew, the word meditate is, is actually hagah, which means to ponder out loud to oneself to ponder out loud to oneself. And so when in Joshua 1, 8, when the Lord speaks there and he says, you know, that this book of the law, my word shall not depart from your mouth. Yes. And then you will have good success, then you will prosper. So I really think, Donna, that, you know, many times the way, ways of God, the will of God, we just need to simplify it in some ways, meaning that this is attainable. But it is where it's like, I want to position myself. I want to go after the fullness of God's calling for me, the fullness of destiny. And so I believe that decrees, which is really a form of prayer, mm-hmm. is part of it. It's mm-hmm. part of that equation. And, and it's a form of prophecy as well, decreeing and praying what God has already promised us. 
brings prophecy into the equation as well. You know, I, I, I was listening, as I listen to you, I get all these thoughts. I'm sure everybody that's listening um, to us today are, do, are getting the same thing, but I was getting all these thoughts. I think sometimes we view prayer in the wrong sense of, of, of this meekness sitting in a corner with our head bowed and barely saying anything or whatever and just praying so quietly. But, you know, I'm hearing you say it should be the first line of our offense, the first line of our defense. When we are waging war, we use these prophetic prayers, these pre- prophetic decrees. And to me, it sounds like such a more powerful thing when you think about it that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, before we can be a prophet somewhere in the world, we need to be a prophet in our own home. Yes. So even as we prophesy, so to speak, over our children, over our husband, really in the form of, you know, one of the things we say over our kids just on a regular basis, uh, for a period of time they were going to a Christian school, we get them ready, put their coats on, put their boots on, say, you're the head and not the tail. You're above. (laughs) You will lend to many nations. You will never have to borrow. You're smart. You understand your score. You have favor with God and men. You will fulfill the call of God in your life. And by the way, you're only going to marry who God has for you. (laughs) Oh, by the way. (laughs) Kinds of blessings, which I would call like prophetic decrees. Yes. So we know this is the heart of God for them. So we're declaring it, prophetically declaring it, as well as like individual ones, like for our son Judah, his name means praise. And the Lord told us, even when he was in my womb, that he's going to be worship leader. He's going to have a lot of worship giftings. So it would be one of my declarations in my prayer time over Judah. Uh, Lord, thank you. Judah walks in the fullness of his anointing as a worshiper, as a worship leader, and he learns those musical instruments. And it happened, you know, it really kicked in when he was 12 years old. So I, I just feel this incredible importance of the power of blessing. It really has to do with blessing. It's prophetic, it's blessing, it's prayer, yes. all together. But this is how I start my prayer time, to be honest, with decrees. So I have things that I'm you know, declaring every day. Some of it is pure scripture, mm-hmm. declaring the word of God over myself, over my kids, over my sphere of influence. And then you know, it, re- it reminds me, resets me also as to what God has called me to be and me to do. So I think this is really actually important. It's the power yes. of declaration. Yes, and, and it, it gets you quite pumped up just at the beginning, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. It does, and it really it shows the value of um, prayer. You know, when Jesus healed the sick, you know, he didn't say, Father, if it, you know, if it's your will, could you please come and heal this person? What did he do? He declared it. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're to declare what we know is the will of God. That is amazing. Thank you for that. And and there's one thing in your life where where God called you into knowing the importance of prayer. You and your husband have been leaders in the house of prayers. And uh, you told me a little story about uh, about a, a little praying mantis that God kept showing you, and it led you uh, to a word from the Lord. Yeah. Hopefully everybody knows what a praying mantis is. Yeah. But it's a little insect with its arms raising prayer. Now, normally we see them out in the country, and I remember as a kid in the farm, but not in the city. Right. So every morning for three weeks, there was a praying mantis perched at my doorstep every morning for three weeks in Toronto. And so I'm thinking, this is very unusual in the city. And I'm thinking, God, are you trying to get a point across to me? And he certainly was. And that was the season where he was calling us to really learn how to pray. Mm -hmm. And now I was Christian for many years at that point. And yet I noticed something in the Bible in Luke 11, when the disciples watched Jesus's prayer life 
And then they said, um, Lord, teach us to pray. And they had already been healing the sick by that point. The 70 had gone out, see, you know, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. But after all of that, they said, teach us to pray. And I really think for all of us, those listening as well, that's a really good prayer to pray. Say, Lord, teach me to teach pray. Teach me to pray. Teach me to pray. Teach me what it means to come before you, the God of the universe, and invoke you into my world, you know, to my life, into my family, and, and just watch what God does. This is an incredible resource that, you know, I, you know what statistics, I just saw a recent statistic that said that even pastors are spending about 15 minutes a day in prayer. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, if that's the pastors, what about the people? <laughs> Only 15 minutes a day. Now, it's not necessarily that we have to have a certain amount of time. Right. But I just think we need to put more effort and more, yeah, just more of ourselves into God, teach me to pray. And so we started to see miracles. I mean, uh, first of all, I have to be a house of prayer before I can lead a house of prayer, meaning I have to be a person of prayer. Yes. But we started a house of prayer. Um, first of all, in in my hometown for a period of eight years, we pastored back in a town called Stratford, which is my hometown. And the Lord just really showed us about this house of prayer, uh, the Tabernacle of David. If you search the scriptures, David had set up a center of 24-7 prayer with worship. Mm-hmm. That coincides, by the way, with Israel's greatest time of history and greatest boundaries and blessings. So we started this house of prayer and just began to pray and, you know, maybe about started with maybe 10 hours a week. Um, But we started to see incredible miracles, like the drug problem. That was a pretty big problem in the town at that time. Yes. We saw drug houses blow up. Whoa. (laughs) Or or get discovered by police. And then this was interesting. The top drug dealer in the city, no kidding, he was the one dealing the drugs to the high schools. He came to our church one day. And he got saved. And he, he said, he said to my husband, you know, I, I want to go confess my sins to the police. Will you go with me? We, Whoa. But, but, so my point is, is that we started to see such a turnaround, not only yes. in the church, but in the city. And then that's when Toronto got wind of uh, all that was happening and said, uh, brought us back to Toronto in 2011 to pastor here, but also to start the House of Prayer. Now, I can honestly say that we do house of prayer first of all because he is worthy mm-hmm. because you cannot sustain um you know corporate a lot of hours of corporate prayer unless you get a, a glimpse of his beauty and, and just the intimacy factor but you do see results you see i mean this church has grown and here in toronto tremendously we feel like we're in the beginning stages of an incredible revival i would see i don't know maybe five six to ten people a week getting saved and, um, you know, just a move of glory. But I, I really feel that God, whatever sphere the listeners are in, you know, in our homes, in our jobs, but just bring God into the workplace through prayer. Bring God into that that child that you're... I just feel like somebody listening is really struggling with their teenager and just saying, man, I am so... This situation seems so hopeless. But I tell you, one of the greatest things you can do is consistency in prayer. And I, I really feel like I see a girl, I see a, somebody's daughter that's just getting into a bad relationship, and it's really leading her astray. But I, I feel like this hedge of prayer around her is going to absolutely turn everything around. And so uh, I just want to encourage whoever's listening to that uh, right now, that God is going to turn that situation around. 
Yes, yes, I certainly agree with you. Another step that you talk about to a lifestyle of divine encounters is is prophecy. And we know, you know, the, the Bible even tells us to desire spiritual gifts, especially that you would prophesy. Talk to us about that. Yes. So when we um, embrace really a lifestyle of prophecy, it means that we're tuning into what God is saying to us as well as what God wants to say through us. And that's why the verse you quoted there, that we're to pursue love, but desire spiritual gifts, especially mm-hmm. prophecy. So that is a very, you know, desire that means zelo in the Greek, ardently pursue, go after. So when we're accessing the these prophetic realms, it absolutely, you know, causes us to, first of all, have greater relationship with the Lord. He wants to reveal His secrets to His servants. He wants to reveal things to us. He wants to speak things to us. There's many different ways that God can express Himself in the prophetic. Yes. But there is, um, you know, it's, it's a relationship. It's also to help direct us and show us what He wants to do, as well as to give us prosperity or, or succeed in the things that God has for us. You know, John 15, it says this in verse 7, If you abide in me, my words abide in you. Ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so that you will be my disciples. So abiding in the words of God also helps us to, to bear fruit. I was, um, you know, just pondering the fact that the Bible says in Psalm 40 and Psalm 139 that the number of thoughts that God has towards us are so numerous that Psalm 139 says there is much as the grains of sand in the seashore. Yes. Now, if you take one handful of sand, that's like 10,000 grains of sand. So in other words, God is thinking about us so much. And what is it, Jeremiah 29? Thoughts of hope in the future to bless us and prosper us. Yes. When we're tuning into God's words for us, we're just tuning into God's thoughts for us. When we're tuning into God's prophetic words for somebody else, we're just tuning into God's thoughts for them or even God's thoughts for a region. And so that's really what the prophetic is about. Yes. Receiving revelation, getting, you know, the heart of God, and then it leads, it should lead really to action, which can include prayer, it can include the declared word of the Lord, and sometimes tangible action that he tells us to do. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to go to break in just a couple of minutes, but I wanted to uh, talk to you about one other thing. Uh, I, I know that you believe and you teach that actually hearing the voice of God is a part of divine encounters. And um, you told us a little story about uh, about your husband uh, just not believing that he's one of those that can hear from God. How did, how did he overcome that? Right, because many listeners might identify with his story. He, you know, very logical, very left-brain in his approach to life, super uh, smart, amazing man. But he just believed this lie that I can't really hear God. You know, other people, my wife can hear God, but not me. You know, I'm just more, uh, I'm just the Bible. (laughs) And the Bible is full of, 40% of the Bible, by the way, is prophecy. So I remember saying, you know, John, I know that God wants you to hear him too. But what happened was there was a visiting prophetic minister, and he called my husband of the crowd, and he said, Sir, the Lord says you have the ability to hear God, and you need to stop leaning on your wife's ability to hear God. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, you think I paid the guy to give that word? <laughs> that really convicted my husband that he had bought a lie. And when, when we believe lies, by the way, that becomes our experience, right? It's like just like turning off the tap. Yes. So he repented, and he just said, 
God, forgive me. Forgive me for believing this lie, that I can't hear you, that this is not for me. And I tell you, something lifted off of him. Now he journals, he hears God, he prophesies. And by the way, um, John 10, 27 says, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, yes. they follow me. Yes. This is our inheritance. We need to believe it, repent if we have believed a lie that we can't hear God so that we can, you know, we can get flowing in this and, and exercise it is important too. Yes, yes. Well, we're going to take a quick break, but don't go away because we've got lots more with our guest today, Patricia Bootsma. So be sure to order Patricia's brand new book and exclusive. Now, when I say exclusive, that means you cannot get this package of CDs anywhere else. This is exclusive for our It's Supernatural and Messianic Vision audience. So... Know that that you can get it here. Please get it here. And it's called A Lifestyle of Divine Encounters. Now, you may be saying, like Patricia's uh, husband was saying, you know, I hear what you're saying, and it all sounds great, but I don't really think I'm one of those that can hear or see God. Well, Patricia says you can. And she's going to pray when we come back that these gifts and these divine encounters can be activated in your life. So please stay with us. Is it possible to experience God in a powerful way, not just in church or some special event, but on a continuous daily basis? Patricia Bootsma has made it her life goal to walk in a lifestyle of divine encounters, experiencing God's presence, favor, and victory every day. Now she wants to mentor you to do the same. This is to be a lifestyle. This is to be us burning for Jesus all during the week, every moment of the day, even what, what does the Bible say? Well, it says pray continuously. And so how can we get this dialogue going? How can I live for God even when I'm in the workplace? Call now and get Patricia Bootsma's brand new book and her anointed three-part audio CD teaching set, A Lifestyle of Divine Encounters. Plus, receive this special exclusive bonus, Patricia Bootsma's personal Prophetic Decrees for Divine Encounters card. This is an exclusive offer for our rich supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9540 effective prayer, prophecy, and application of the living Word of God. Patricia Bootsma shares in her brand new book that you can have a lifestyle of divine encounters that will cause you to experience every day the promises and blessings that God has for you. Through Patricia's brand new book, you will learn the benefits of living a prophetic lifestyle, release the power of prophecy into your life every day, understand the keys to discerning true versus false prophecy, discover secrets to operating in the revelatory realms of dreams, visions, and prophetic encounters. Learn how to activate the scriptures to access your breakthrough. Discover how to experience powerful supernatural results every day from operating in different realms of the Holy Spirit, including prayer, soaking in the presence of God, prophetic decrees, praying in tongues, confession, and petition. Through Patricia's exclusive three-part audio CD series, you will learn to hear God's voice clearer than you ever have before. Understand how to teach your children or grandchildren how to hear God's voice for themselves. Understand the power of prayer and decreeing. Learn the power of speaking decrees over yourself that are the opposite of the problems you are experiencing. Discover the importance of speaking blessings and decrees over your children and grandchildren. Learn the various ways to receive revelation, including direct from the Word of God, God's still small voice, God's audible voice, visions or pictures, dreams, God's creation, words of knowledge, discernment, angels, and more. 
Each audio CD ends with Patricia Bootsma pronouncing a powerful prayer of impartation over you. Plus, receive this special exclusive bonus, Patricia Bootsma's personal prophetic decrees for divine encounters card. This card was created so you can take life-transforming prophetic decrees for divine encounters with you everywhere. Throughout your day, just pull out the card and begin decreeing and declaring these powerful words of God. Don't miss out on getting Patricia Bootsma's brand new book and her anointed three-part audio CD teaching set, A Lifestyle of Divine Encounters. Plus, receive this special exclusive bonus, Patricia Bootsma's personal prophetic decrees for divine encounters card. This is an exclusive offer for our It's Supernatural audience, yours, for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9540. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth, It's Supernatural, P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9540 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. Welcome back to Messianic Vision. I am here with Patricia Bootsma for the very first time with us on Messianic Vision, and uh, you'll also see her on It's Supernatural with Sid Roth. When we left to go to break, we were talking about uh, Patricia's husband who thought he did not have the ability to hear from God. But Patricia, you say that all of us, even those listening, even me, even Paul that's with us right here in the uh, in the sound studio today, we all have the ability to hear God on some level. Absolutely. And so how do we receive this? Well, the same way we receive salvation, by faith. And then we take it and we, and we exercise it and we grow in it. So when Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, they know me, they follow me, he was speaking also of his words. You remember when in Matthew 4, 4, Jesus is actually speaking to the devil, and he's saying, man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word mm-hmm. proceeds from the mouth of God. And that's actually the rhema the, the, in Greek, the now, the spoken word of God. So I could give many references from the Bible for this, but what we need to do is really begin to exercise it. Now, have you ever paid attention, the listeners listening, have you ever paid attention to what you're thinking about? What's going on in your head? I like to call that your internal destiny. So we've got an internal destiny, meaning what's going on in my mind, how's my emotions, and and do you like yourself? Do we like our, our thought life? Well, years ago, my thought life was predominantly negative, to be honest, and it was about all that was wrong in life and yes. all that was not good. And, and I just was a passive recipient of these thoughts in my mind that were mostly negative. And when the Lord began to teach me and saying, you know, Patricia, you don't have to live with this way. You know, heaven and hell are both looking for human agreement. And that even includes in your thought life. So in other words, are you going to agree with all this negativity? Which, by the way, everything negative is from the enemy. But, you know, and it was like this challenge to start to, you know, seek the positive. Because I believe that God is just such a positive God. Yes. Oh, yes. To us. Yeah. Words that are life-giving and hope-filled. So as I began to pay attention to uh, even what was going on inside my head, my heart, my, my mind... Um, I began to say, God, just break in, break in, because I want to agree with you. And the Lord would say things like, you know, I love you, and I've called you, and that you have a plan and a purpose. I've got a plan for you. And so then all of the, you can't, all those voices, you know, the thoughts really that would say, you can't do this, and you're no good at that. I just began to say, you know, I believe God. I believe the truth. And once we stepped into this, this 
you know, receiving God's words, believing God's words, mm-hmm. and then we'll start living God's words. Mm-hmm. And so what has helped me tremendously, I really, I, I would say since the age of 19, that I have been journaling every day or listening to the voice of God in my morning time with the Lord and then hearing Him through the day as well. But just to sit, to wait, to dial down, to focus on God, what are you saying? Father, what do you have for me today? And many times it may just be a simple thought about, you know, his love for me. And and sometimes at first I said, oh, well, you told me that yesterday. And I realized <laughs> God really wanted me to get it. He wanted me to get it. He really loved me. He wanted me to understand that relationship was more important even than the mission of me going and doing all these things. For yes. God. It was he wanted my heart more than my service. And so, you know, Song of Solomon 5, 6 says this, my heart leaped up when he spoke. When we really begin to hear the voice of God, when we begin to receive revelation, it's like it really does something to our heart and our passion for God and our love for Him. And this is a lifestyle I believe that He wants us to to live. So yes, hearing about Him about relationship, but all through the day, I like I'll just give you one example. Maybe it sounds kind of crazy for some listening, but I'm not much of a shopper, believe it or not. And <laughs> say, God, you know, I need this particular sweater, or I need this for my kid. Where do you think I should go? Which store? And I will just get the thought, you know, this particular store and, and go there and find just what I wanted at just the right price. I'm, I'm not kidding. It, it is taking God or allowing God, I guess, into every part of our life because he wants to be a father intimately involved. And so, I mean, I don't, I think, you know, you could go off the deep end, like, God, what color socks should I wear today? I don't think we need to go there. I uh, know. <laughs> let's, let's just ask God you know, to invoke him into our day. Sure. So, yeah, we can all hear God. Sure. And and the same thing with seeing the way you teach it in your book. Seeing is a divine encounter with God. And the way you teach it to me was so very simple and practical yet profound with um, uh, you talking about uh, w- when you start seeking to see what he, he has for us. And, and, and sometimes the Lord may be just highlighting ordinary objects or, or spiritual truths, things like that, that you talk about that make that made me see when I was studying it, it's not that hard. It's not that hard if you have some instruction, if you have someone like you that's just teaching us the basics of it, the simplicity of it, that God wants to encounter us. Yeah, absolutely. And so really, as I see it, there can be different ways of seeing. So if we say, God, you know, show me, and, and now we'll do exercises, we can even do it now. Like, Lord, you know, speak to me and show me, give me a picture. And, um, and the Lord may very well come with uh, an ordinary object that has supernatural meaning, even as he did in the Bible when he said to Jeremiah, what do you see? You know, I see a branch of an almond tree, and it mm-hmm. leads to this whole prophetic word. But it's like God will... Um, some of them speak to us through a picture in that seeing realm. It's like Ephesians 1, open the eyes of my understanding, the eyes of my heart. Or sometimes we can begin to see in the spirit realm around us. Now, we we, we should know that, that there are angels all around us, right? We, we right. have this first world or this first um, heaven's reality of, you know, I see the chair, I see this. But, but there's a whole realm around us, the angelic realm. And so as we ask, God can open our eyes to see into that realm. Sometimes it's more common with our spiritual eyes, it seems. Sometimes I see them with my natural eyes, you know, the angels around. And then, you know, there's the third heavens. We briefly talked about that earlier, but seeing into heavenly realms. And 
and that's also fantastic, maybe less common, but God absolutely does want to show us pictures, visions, the seeing realm. Um, we were going to talk about dreams. Like this yes. is really what, what the Bible also calls night visions, you know, that we can get visions in the night. And I think there's something about when our mind is still and the busyness of life is is not happening that God can come in dreams. Now, sometimes not every dream is from the Lord, but I believe that the ones that you they stick with you, they you find yourself thinking about that dream. And I would encourage all these all listeners there and say, pay attention to your dreams. Ask God for dreams. It's amazing what He will do. And then honor your dreams, as in write them out, pray into them. Uh, in the book I mentioned about even President Abraham Lincoln had a dream ten days before. He was assassinated. He had a dream that he walked into the East Room of the White House to find this covered corpse guarded by soldiers. He said, what's going on? And the soldier replied, the president, he's been assassinated. Now, this dream bothered him. Ten days later, he was assassinated. We don't know, did he ever pray into that? We do know that, I I believe that he even had let let one of his guards free that night because he was in the theater. But there's other examples. Uh, Did you know that after the sinking of the Titanic, there was actually many people came forward to say they had dreams. There was 19 that were authenticated, meaning that they were relayed to a second party prior to the sailing. So some of the people who had dreams that the Titanic was going to sink either canceled their voyage or in the case of Eva Hart, who was a child uh, on the ship, her mother had had a dream, a premonition about the ship sinking. So when that bump came in the night, she was the first one up there, and they were on one of the earliest lifeboats that went up mm-hmm. because of a dream, creative dreams. God has given discoveries in dreams. We could give a number of examples. Um, Albert Einstein discovered the principle of relativity after having a vivid dream. We know that Frederick Banting, the Nobel Prize winner um, for the discovery of insulin, he got that revelation in two dreams. And we can go on about uh, Niels Bohr discovered the structure of the atom in a dream. So God wants to speak to us in these many different ways. Yes. Just pay attention. Yes. And, you know, the, the thing that stands out to me when you're talking about the dreams is is how you teach, and you even, you even teach your children, your own family. If it's a warning dream, pray into it. Uh, if it's a creative dream, pray into it. Whatever it is, first line of defense, pray into it. So to me, I think that is such valuable information. Mm-hmm. I've heard it said that prophecy is the springboard into the pool of prayer. And I agree with that, because um, when we talk about three aspects of prophecy, revelation, what you get from God, interpretation, what does it mean? And this is where sometimes people can get it wrong, but what is what is the true interpretation? Right. And then application, what do I do with it? Now, in that category of application, a lot of it is prayer. It doesn't mean we're to tell everybody every prophetic word we get. We don't have to blab it all. When God tells us to speak, we speak. But many times he's asking us to pray. He's asking us to co-labor with him in events to happen on earth, including our children. And, and I'm glad you mentioned that. When when we have negative dreams, or in our case of our children having negative dreams, we've told them, we've taught them, let's pray against it. Maybe God is giving us an inside scoop as to what the enemy wants to do. So yes. So let's reward that yes. through intercessory prayer so it doesn't happen. I've seen that many times where God gives a dream, we pray, 
it doesn't happen like a negative dream. And so in, in the Bible, there's many times where the Lord spoke through a dream, you know, take to Joseph, take the child, flee to Egypt, because Herod is going to try to kill him. Don't right, think. right. God does want to speak to us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we've talked about prayer. We've talked about prophecy. The only other thing that, that, that I would love to... Just touch on for a moment before you pray here at the end is, is the power of the word, the power of the word. And, you know, we always keep coming back to when you're teaching that power, power, power in prayer, the power of the prophetic power in the living word. So speak on that just a second, and then we're going to take some time and pray for the listeners. Yes. Well, I want to exhort the listeners read your Bible, meditate on the Word of God. I used to think it was dry and dull, and now I love the Word of God. Really, what we can do is we can come to the living Word, Jesus, the Lord Himself, through the written Word. And as we daily encounter Him in the words in the Scripture, it changes us. My husband says it this way. It's not so much that we read the Bible as the Bible reads us. Yes. And then we say, oh, my life isn't quite lived the way that I'm reading here. God, help me. You know, turn it into a prayer. Lord, adjust this in my life because I want to live what I'm reading. Mm-hmm. That you say, First Corinthians fourteen thirty one, all can prophesy one by one. Okay, Lord, help me to prophesy it's in your word. You know, I want to hear your voice. So as we begin to um, meditate on the word, and by the way, anything that we receive prophetically, it must always be if it's God, it will be consistent with the word of God. So yes. that you hear from a dream, a vision, or anything that's not consistent with the word, then throw it out. But um, one of my pet peeves is prophetic people that don't know the Bible. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) We need to have a good working knowledge of the Word of God in order to even accurately prophesy. And when we prophesy, many times the Word will come out. So I think we should just pray right now. Oh, I just feel the Spirit. Yes. God, thank you for every person listening. God, that you have made us to live a supernatural life daily, not just once here and there, but God, you you want to be so intimately involved in our lives that we hear your voice, that we live a prophetic lifestyle, that we encounter you even in the warmth of your presence and your glory, and we encounter you in, in our mind and thoughts that you have towards us. We pay much more attention to those thoughts than we pay to any other thoughts so come oh god and even if there's a i just see people that have a battle in their mind right now god we thank you for breaking through in that battle in their mind that they would begin to hear the voice of god that they would begin to meditate on the word of god that they would resist the devil and he will flee so even give that spiritual energy for everyone listening to say hey i want everything that god wants has for me so i'm going to war for it so, God, we pray that you would come. I ask that you would pour out the prophetic. God, release dreams. Father, I thank you that even those listening, there's some that are to start businesses, to get a dream or a prophetic word of, of starting a business, a Christian business that you want to bless. These ideas that you're giving. And now, God, you're going to cause it to land. Father, I thank you for dreams and children, too, that, that are, the dreams that our children will have will mark them, will change them, that they will be set on a course a fuller destiny as they have dreams from heaven that mark them. And God, I thank you for the still small voice. And I thank you for visions as well. Pour yes. it out, God, in the last days. Yes. You are pouring out your spirit in all flesh that your sons and your daughters will prophesy. So here we are, God. We say, yes, we agree with your word. We agree with you and we want it. 
So pour it out on every listener right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Patricia, thank you so much for being with us today. And I, I want to thank all of you that are listening today and that uh, that have joined us for Messianic Vision with our very special guest, Patricia Bootsma. And remember what Patricia says, you never have to leave the presence of God. You can encounter him in a fresh way today and not just once, but as a lifestyle. And now here's Sid to tell you how you can get Patricia's brand new book and exclusive three CD teaching series, A Lifestyle of Divine Encounters. Sid? My experience is people are desperate to experience God, not just uh, at a church or at a special event, but I mean on a continuous 24-7 daily basis. You may be asking, is this even possible or, or is this just for special people? Patricia Bootsma says it's for all believers to walk in a lifestyle of divine encounters. We're making available Patricia's brand new book, an exclusive three CD teaching series, A Lifestyle of Divine Encounters. And as an added bonus, you'll receive a two-sided insert card of prophetic declarations for divine encounters. These are the ones she uses personally, and you'll take it with you wherever you go, or you could actually put it right in your Bible, all for an investment of only 35 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9540. That's offer number 9540.